Hey, it's Lisa Ann here. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the More Than Social podcast. I'm a digital marketing expert, self-development junkie, and your go-to for all things marketing, ads, and automation. I'm so excited that you popped by to hang out with me today, so let's dive right into the topic. Welcome back to another interview episode. I am super, super excited to dive into this one as we are talking all about how do you actually write sales page copy that connects with your audience and then also converts them into buyers. So today I am joined by Jess, who is an incredible copywriter. She's an iced coffee lover and she's a fellow mompreneur. We are talking all about how you can write a sales page copy that really, really connects with your audience. Most people make the mistake of thinking that good copy is all about just persuading someone and convincing people to buy. But really, that is just a very small percentage of what you need to do with a sales page. What's more important is connecting with your audience on an emotional level and helping them see how your offer can help them solve their problem. So if you're ready to learn some tips and tricks around copywriting, then stick around and get ready to take lots of notes. There is a lot that we teach you here. And actually, before we dive into it and actually bring Jess on, I also want to mention if you are new to funnels and copywriting and looking to generate more clients and sales for your business, I want to remind you of the free masterclass that I have going on right now. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to link that in the show notes for you. That way you can register your free spot and learn all about it. But essentially in this masterclass, I'm breaking down my entire step-by-step process of how I use social media to attract my dream clients, how to then turn those social media followers into high quality leads, and then use email marketing and funnels to connect with them before converting them into paying clients or program sales. Now, copywriting is a huge aspect of that, which is why I feel like this episode is the perfect fit to go alongside that masterclass. So make sure to pause me right now, scroll down, click the link that's in the show note and make sure to register your free spot now. And then make sure to come back to me and get ready to learn even more about copywriting, okay? You ready? Let's bring Jess on in here. Hey Jess, welcome to the More Than Social podcast. Hey Lisa, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat today. Of course, I know I could ask you a million questions about copywriting, but I'm gonna try to stay within my lane and kind of talk more about sales page copywriting. But before we get into that, why don't you share with our listeners who you are, what you do, even how you got into writing your agency, your courses, all that type of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I am, if we haven't met yet, I am Jess Jordana. I run a done-for-you copywriting agency, and I am also the founder of The Promplet Shop. That's just a fancy way of saying I help all business owners turn their passion into words that people actually get. And so I think a lot of business owners find that they get into business because they love what they do, but then they figure out, oh, shoot, I have to tell people what it is that I do and why it matters and all of that kind of stuff. So that can be a sticking point for people. So that's where I come in and really pull out all of the magic, help you pull out all of the magic that exists within your business and your brand and put that into words that really make sense for the right people. So um, I actually had a different path to copywriting. I was not ever a corporate copywriter or anything like that. I started out as a high school English teacher and I taught junior 
juniors and seniors in high school for about three years. And that was the thing that I never, ever wanted to do. I thought my dad was a teacher. I went to school for English and everybody became a teacher. And I was like, I am not going to do that. I'm going to do something different. And then lo and behold, I needed a job. And I was like, Mm, teaching sounds kind of easy. And that was like the biggest joke ever. So (laughs) I joke that I did the thing that I never wanted to do, but it also was the exact thing that I needed to really position me to be able to run this business and work with clients because high schoolers are the toughest crowd around when it comes to capturing their attention, keeping them engaged. And so I feel like I really got a crash course in that from a different angle. And that's really influenced how I do things inside of my business. Huh, that's an actually really interesting way to position it. Because yeah, high schoolers to get their attention is very difficult. Now, how long have you been running like the agency side of things then? Yep. So I've been in business for a little over four years. I started in June of, that would be 2018. Amazing. Well, congrats. That's a big milestone. I feel like once you get over that that three-year mark, it's like only going up from there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amazing. Yes, for sure. For sure. Now in marketing, I talk a lot about attracting your dream clients, whether that's attracting them through your social media or just building that connection with them through emails or sales pages or anything. The biggest key in my opinion is making sure that you're really connecting with someone on a deep level. Do you have any insights or tips that you can give us on how can you actually pull out that connection pieces from a copywriting side of things? Absolutely. So I think probably the simplest way, obviously connecting with people is a big topic. And there are a lot of different tactics that you can use to do that. But I would say the one that really affects every area in business and every area of your copy is learning how to tell any and every story in a way that relates to your audience and then in a way that connects back to what you do. So this is something that I find a lot of business owners struggle with is they maybe know how to tell a story, but they don't know how to tell their own story in a way that makes their audience care. And they also just expect that story to send people to a sales page or to compel them to want to go to their website instead of telling them, hey, this is the connection point. This is why this story shows that you need what I have and here's where you go to get it. So I think that's where there's kind of like the biggest ground to be made up in terms of not just connecting with your audience in terms of that relatability, but also making sure that everything you say, you explicitly connect that back to what you actually do and how people can get it from you. Interesting. And then so when you're connecting with the actual audience on a personal level, is it more so just always speaking Mm -hmm. to their pain points, something that they're going through, like that type of focus? Is that what you would suggest? I think so. I mean, in terms of storytelling, I kind of teach a sort of like back and forth conversation of storytelling. So whether you start out telling your own story, then you can kind of go through your story. And even with like a a highlighter, if you like pen and paper, you can highlight the pieces like maybe my audience has felt this same feeling before, or maybe they have been through this life event before or whatever. And whenever you come to that part in your story, you can make that actual connection back to your audience and say, have you ever felt X before? Or tell me if you've ever been through this life event before or whatever. And so it can be that easy in terms of just in the middle of your story or a quarter of the way through your story, checking back in with them um, Mm -hmm. so that they realize, oh, this is about her, but it's actually about me too. Like I can see Mm -hmm. myself on the page here as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then what about like, so I like to use storytelling to even from an ad copy perspective, I love the long format stories that again, talking about myself, but they can relate to it in some way, shape or form. I always like to really Mm -hmm. pull out some visuals. So um, let's just pretend that I said, so when I first started my business, I wanted to be able to travel the world. So instead of just saying, I want to be able to travel the world, I pulled out a lot of language saying I would rather, I wanted to walk across all the white sandy beaches of the world, like create those visual aspects. Mm-hmm. How important is that? I think that's really important. The way that I used to teach this to my, um, I was going to say my copywriting students, my actual creative writing students in high school is I would have them imagine taking a selfie doing that thing. So Mm -hmm. if you are traveling the world, like imagine you're taking a selfie in the airport. What do you see? You see the long lines at Chick-fil-A. You see the baggage claim. You see like all of that kind of stuff visually and then pull out those details to put into your story. I think that puts it into kind of a concrete um, tactic because I think a lot of people feel like, well, I don't know how to make it more specific or visual or whatever. So um, whether that's like traveling to somewhere tropical, imagine you're taking a selfie on the beach and do you have like a waiter in the background delivering you a drink or whatever. So I think that's a little tip that everybody can use in any of your marketing is just imagine yourself, whether it's in the shoes of your ideal client or telling a story about you take that picture and then describe what is in the picture. Amazing. So talking about sales pages specifically. So if you're using a sales page, are you focusing on that story throughout the entire sales page or what's kind of your strategy around sales page specifically with copywriting? Yeah, I think it's important in sales pages to have those common threads that are going through, but I kind of treat sales pages in like three separate sections. And I typically find that most people only have the middle section. So the three C's of a sales page that I teach are the capture, the core, and the close. And most people only have the core section, which is where you're explaining your program. You're explaining like, this is what it is. This is the value proposition. These are the modules. This is what you'll get out of it. Here's the price. FAQs, all of that kind of stuff. Um, FAQs, I feel like are kind of within the closed section, but a lot of people are missing, and this is important, especially with cold traffic, they're missing at the beginning where you capture the right people and help them feel confident to read down the page and then repel the wrong people off the page. Because the reality Mm -hmm. is we don't want everybody reading our sales page. We really want the right people to feel like they're in the right place. And we need to tell them that from the very beginning. So this Mm -hmm. is really just like qualifying. And it's really important for those colder leads because the warmer leads are like, oh, well, I feel confident in reading this because I know Lisa and I know that she puts out good stuff. So I'm going to keep reading, but we don't have that luxury with colder leads. So that would be the first section that I think a lot of people miss. So this would be something as simple as asking them a qualifying question. So if you're struggling with insert something specific about their problem, then keep reading. Or if you are X type of person who wants Y type of result, then keep reading kind of thing. And so Mm -hmm. that it can be as simple as that if you want to take kind of the shorter approach. And then it can obviously get longer and longer, depending on how much we want to qualify people. And then the last section that people often miss is the closed section is really telling people 
it's time to say yes or no. And this is what's going to happen when you say yes. And this is what's going to happen when you say no kind of thing. And I think a lot of times people just put the price hope that people take action and then kind of leave the sales page there. But our ultimate goal with a sales page is to get somebody to say yes or no. It's not necessarily to get them to say yes, but if they say, okay, maybe later, or I'm going to decide later, that basically becomes a no, especially in the ads world where things happen really fast. So I would say those two sections are what I try to focus on most because that core section really comes a lot more easily in explaining the program and all of that kind of stuff. But those other two can really make your sales page effective. Interesting. And then so in just going back to the storytelling, is that would you put that in the beginning section for a little brief story? Or is that story kind of flowing throughout the entire yeah. three sections? Um, I think me? that it happens mostly in the capture section and then resumes in the close section. So you mm -hmm. can kind of start with that question to pull them in. Then you can tell them a story around how you had that problem too, or how you've seen people have that, have that problem and what makes the difference and blah, blah, blah. Then mm -hmm. your program is the answer to that. And then the close is reminding them, hey, remember this story shows you why you really need this program. And mm -hmm. if you say yes, you're going to get here. If you say no, you're going to stay day wherever you are. Yeah. Okay. So now what about like urgency? Because you'll see a lot of people on like their sales page saying, if you buy this now, you get this bonus. Or if you buy before this date, you get this discount. Like how is that kind of playing out now? I feel like the more people that are making courses in the online world, it's becoming less of a strategy. But how do you feel about urgency in general? Yeah. I mean, I call that physical urgency. So that's like this is expiring or when you buy now you get this discount or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And that psychologically works for a section of the market just because like, I think especially those quicker buyers feel like, oh my gosh, they're in a competition with the clock almost. Now, I don't know that that gets you the strongest buyers or the most qualified clients. I think it kind of gets you those like frantic buyers sometimes, and that's not always what we are wanting to cultivate. And so I think that's kind of where a lot of people have gone at this point. But in addition to physical urgency or instead of physical urgency, a lot of times I like to employ personal urgency, which really just means why is this urgent for you right now? And that can be explained as like, what are the stakes? Like, like we said, what's going to happen if you stay stuck? Can we paint that picture for them really specifically? Um, what are you going to be forfeiting, foregoing, um, waiting on still that you've been waiting on for a really long time? What are you missing out on that you like really quote unquote deserve or whatever? Um, I think that personal urgency can be more authentic, I think, because it really coaches people into buying something that's going to get them what they want versus mm -hmm. trying to, I don't think physical urgency is a trick, but sometimes it does feel like you're just sort of trying to get them to like buy it right away because of the deadlines or whatever, mm -hmm. instead of helping them make that informed and empowered decision. So I really like that personal urgency kind of thing. Yeah, no, okay, I like that. That's good. Good rule of thumb really to follow. Just focus on the main reasons why they need it. Always going back to that solution and yes. you're solving this problem for them. Okay, amazing. Now, what about mm -hmm. um, so like key phrases or words that you should either use or avoid? And I guess 
maybe let's focus on like the beginning of the sales page and then the closing portion of it because the middle it's more so just mm -hmm. the modules breakdown is there anything that like you feel like will really repel people away or really really works in a way that's going to get them to move forward that's a good question i feel like a lot of this really depends on your audience and i don't like to give a blanket like do this not that kind of answer most of the time but typically there are some words that are overused that either need to be defined or we need to paint a picture of what that actually means. So words like you are stuck, you are overwhelmed, you want success, like those big words that I feel like a lot of people use just because like, yes, that is what we want to say, but we're not really sure how to get more specific. That's where some of the work can really happen that helps a lot. Um, like we said, painting, like take a selfie of what it looks like to be stuck and then paint that picture kind of thing. And same thing with those other overarching words. But I would say the word to absolutely pollute your sales page with would be the word you. Um, because I think a lot of times we get stuck in that explaining our program thing. And we say, this program has this for this type of person or whatever, instead of this program will help you get what you want kind of thing. And so one thing that I, I did not make this up, but a common copywriting thing that's taught by Joanna Weeb from Copy Hackers is the you sweep. And that's basically where you go through your entire sales page and you reimagine every single sentence with the word you in it. And that you could do this for just one section or for the whole sales page. I've definitely done both, but you don't necessarily keep it that way. But what that shows you is where you are missing that where you are missing talking to the person that's reading the page. And then you can go back in and kind of edit out some of those things so it doesn't sound like you're a psychopath. But <laughs> I think that like editing for those things and making sure that you are talking to the person and just one person, like don't say you all or you guys or anything like that, just you one person. Um, I think that can make it to where the people become so much more engaged in the page because it is talking to them. So that's the word that I would say to really hone in on. Cool. I love that. And like, just to kind of recap what you said, it's really talking to one person at a time versus talking to everyone. And like, I do that across the board, yes. whether it's emails or sales page or ads, doesn't social media posts, even like it really needs that person needs to feel like you're literally having that one on one conversation with them, which really at the end of the day, it comes down to understanding who you're talking to. Let me jump in real quick before we continue to let you know about an upcoming masterclass that I know you would really, really benefit from if you are looking to generate more leads and more sales into your business. In this masterclass, I'm breaking down something that I like to call the ACCC formula. This is the exact strategy that I follow for all of my marketing and for all of my clients' marketing to generate high quality leads through social media. Plus, I'm actually sharing with you how you can have this system run on automation for you. That way you can be generating leads, you can be generating sales into your business while you sleep, while you travel, while you hang out with your friends and your family, or while you work in other aspects of your business. A question to ask yourself is if you are ready to generate more clients and sales for your business, would you like to do that on automation? 
If so, then head on over to masterclass.lisaann.ca. And as a listener to the podcast and really just being a part of my community, you get to join this masterclass for free. So to register, head on over to masterclass.lisaann.ca. I will also put that in the notes for you just to make it easy. Now, sorry to interrupt the episode. I was just really, really excited to let you know about this upcoming masterclass. So let's get right back to the episode. Um, so do you have any yes. like tips or like strategies that you follow to make sure that you really understand who you're talking to and able to have those deeper connections with the cold audience? I don't know that I have anything earth shattering. I think a lot of business is like just being willing to actually do the things that people teach us to do instead of like thinking that there's some magic secret. So for me, I do a lot of one-on-one conversation. And then I just take notes like a wild person. Like I have an air table that has like technical leads of like people who are a good fit for my programs, who I've talked to or whatever. And I have notes on almost everybody. And so I'm like, okay, we talked about this or they asked this question or whatever. And so those notes are really my best research to be able to go back into and say, okay, what are the common themes here? And how can I kind of put that together into a picture of a person? I think the the worst thing that you can do is sit in a dark room room and imagine somebody that doesn't exist because that's going to keep you from going out and actually like boots on the ground talking to the people. And that's going to be your most accurate ideal client are the ones who are actually your ideal client and are really out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a lot of times that happens just because of fear. Like as a business owner, sometimes it's easier just to sit in your office and imagine than it is to actually go have the conversations and everything. But once you start doing that consistently, I think that's when you're really going to start hitting home with people. Mm -hmm. And like, what about like, I feel like a lot of people, they'll set their copywriting. They're like, it's perfect. It's done. Not gonna touch it ever again. But from a conversion Mm -hmm. standpoint, the more that you're engaging with that dream client or the people that are actually in your program or whatever the case may be, and you're having those conversations, how often are you actually going back Mm -hmm. and tweaking your sales page. I definitely tweak my sales page every single time I do a big push to it. So mm-hmm. that might be if there's a launch or if we're running a promo or whatever. Outside of that, if I find that I'm in a conversation and something like glaring comes up, then I'll go back to it. But I think that requires you to know your sales page really well. And I think a lot of people just kind of like write it, slap it up and want to forget about it forever. But if you can really familiarize yourself with your copy, then you'll know more intuitively when you do need to adjust something because I think it's not just, I mean, we find out more about our people in general, but also people change. Like in the climate that we're in right now, everybody has a different mindset when it comes to money than they did two, three years ago. And so I think if you're teaching a course on money, which is the most adjacent thing, you have to kind of tweak that maybe problem section or like what they're saying in their heads kind of section to match the current climate. So I think that Mm -hmm. is really just a matter of knowing what's on your sales page and knowing whether or not the market is matching that right now. Cool. Amazing. And then another question just popped in my head. Um, Length of copy and sales pages. Is there like a rule of thumb compared to like pricing of a like a, I don't know, pricing of a course, let's just say, or anything like that. Is there a rule of thumb or is it really just how that conversation flows? I think there is a, I mean, there's a spectrum in terms of typically 
the lower price point your product is, the shorter your sales page will be. But that's a spectrum based on how familiar is your audience with what you do with your subject area, with that program in particular. Um, so if it's something like maybe you're teaching, I don't know, like energetics to people who haven't been in the woo world before, you're going to need a longer sales page to explain to them the terminology and the like what it can do for you and all of that kind of stuff. Versus if you're teaching that to people who are already bought into that world, your sales page can be shorter. So I think mm -hmm. that matching matters more. I always told my high school students, it needs to be as long as it needs to be. And that's like the most frustrating answer. But <laughs> um, I do think that sometimes if people think, oh, it just needs to be 500 words, then they'll hit 500 words without hitting the meaning that they need to hit. And it really is like, how can we present a fully developed argument for what we're doing? And sometimes that takes a little bit longer. So I would say mm -hmm. not to be afraid of length, but if you do have more length, try to break it up as much as possible. So for that, in a section of body copy, I wouldn't have a paragraph longer than maybe like two to three lines and then enter to the next paragraph. So I think it's more about formatting and making things easily readable and scrollable than it is actual length. Cool. Amazing. And then what about buttons? So you'll see people say register now or sign up now or purchase now, or sometimes you'll see different texts for different buttons, depending on where they're at within the sales page. Do you have any tips mm -hmm. regarding buttons and the language used? Yeah, absolutely. My biggest tip is to test it. I mean, I think like you can always say a first per person button, like I want to apply or a, like speaking to them button, like, do you want this or whatever kind of thing. So those I would say just test like what your mm -hmm. audience likes better. But in terms of the sales page, if we're thinking about the three sections, if we're at the very top, we don't necessarily, unless it's a really established program, we don't necessarily want something like buy now or apply now or register now because people may not be ready yet, especially for cold traffic. So we want to focus mm -hmm. that button more on a value call to action. So that's something like I want freedom or I want ease with social media or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And then as you get further down the page, closer to the actual like price of the program and all of that kind of stuff, then you can get into the more specific like buy now sort of things. But mm -hmm. I think just like at the, if you're at the top of the page, it's almost like those people at the kiosks in the mall, like attacking you as soon as you walk <laughs> past them. It's like just a little too soon in terms of like, well, I don't know if I want to buy now. And that may turn some people off depending on the type of buyer that they are. Okay. And that first button, just because you mentioned it, do you recommend mm -hmm. that button clicking over to the checkout page or does that button typically scroll down the page to get to the pricing standpoint? I would scroll down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I say scroll down just because I think checkout pages are much more just that core type of thing. Like it has all the line items. It has like the payment plans, but in that section on your sales page, you have more of a chance to explain like the type of person and everything within that section. And so I think that just like helps qualify people a little bit better and make them feel really good about clicking the buy now button. So that I just really like people to land on a checkout page and be super excited to buy. And I think that helps with that. 
Okay, cool. And last question, I promise. Um, testimonials. Mm-hmm. So how important yeah. is testimonials on a page? But also, how is there like a standard amount of testimonials that you should have? Like some have millions of testimonials, others have like two or three. Like what's kind of a good rule of thumb to follow for that? I think if you have a really established program that is high ticket, it doesn't hurt to have more testimonials. I would just vary how they are presented. So you can have like some that are written out, some that are screenshots. I think that provides some like actual proof that it's like a real thing, you know, because we really technically could type whatever we want in a testimonial box. But I would just make sure that whatever you're doing, you pull out what you want people to get from the testimonial and put that into a headline. So if you have a single testimonial and it says, I was sad and then I found Lisa and then I like went through this whole journey and then I blah, 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 made a 10K month and then I blah, 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 blah. Like what we want them to get from that is I made my first 10K month kind of thing. So we pull that and put that as a headline because some people, again, depending on the type of buyer, they might read the whole thing, but some people just want to say, okay, what's the gist of this thing from a real human so that I can like move on. So I think that pulling the headlines piece is really important. And if you don't feel like there's anything word for word as a headline, feel free to summarize in your headline too. That's not like unethical or anything, but we just want to help people be able to consume the testimonials as much as possible. So I think that's why I typically don't recommend like a scrolling testimonial thing or whatever, because typically people read the first one and then don't scroll or don't allow it to scroll. So if you can have it on the page and then just help them understand what you want them to get from that. Cool. Yeah. I love that. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I know I've asked you a couple more questions than I probably expected you to ask. Um, Where can our (laughs) listeners find you? Um, Do you have any resources or anything that they can continue to learn from you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can find me on Instagram at Jess Jordana, J-O-R-D-A-N-A. And then my website is jessicajordana.com. I do have a three-part video series that's free if the listeners want to join in. It's called (laughs) How My Clients Went From Writer's Block to Booked Out by Using These Copy Conversion Tactics. And so we have three tactics in there. One of those is the connect-worthy story. So how to actually tell your story in a way that connects with your audience and sells and two other things in there. So if you guys want to join in on that, it's just jessicajordana.com slash writer's block. Amazing. So I will link that to the three-part series in the show notes, plus where to find you, your social Mm -hmm. media and your website. So take a look at that. I'm definitely going to join that. You've given me a lot of thoughts over this conversation. So I appreciate it. Um, I always like to end our interview episodes off with one question. So if I'm Entrepreneur mm-hmm. to entrepreneur, what is one piece of advice that you would give someone? Doesn't have to be copywriting, just entrepreneur in general. Yeah, I would say business in general, there are a lot of attractive things out there that will tell you they have a turnkey method to a successful business. And I would say stop looking for those because from personal experience in trying a lot of those methods, it typically gets you to where those people wanted to go. It doesn't necessarily get you to where you want to go and how you want to get there. So just like have the ability to trust yourself in defining where you want to go and being able to piece together the best way to get there. Because I think those like all in one business kind of plans and methods and all of that kind of stuff can tend to put us somewhere that we don't want to be ultimately. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Trusting your gut, but also like looking for the right guidance, not just one specific person's method. Yes. In general. Amazing. Love it. Well, exactly. thank you so, so much. Yeah. Like I said, you've given us a lot to think about. Um, I love the three C breakdown of the actual sales page. So that's awesome. And I really, really appreciate you coming on here. I know we have a lot more that we could talk about. So maybe we'll bring you back for emails and ads and all that other fun yes. copywriting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. This was a blast. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jess. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this episode. I am so grateful that you show up each and every week. I hope these tips and tricks have brought you some new ideas and new inspiration for your business. If you love this conversation, let me hear it. Leave us a rating and review on the More Than Social podcast and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Share it with someone who you know needs this message and together, let's make an impact and let's make a business that we love. I'll see you next week. Thank you.